0: All praises to the most high God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is Sass again. And um, I have a very special guest, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, one who I appreciate um for coming on here and speaking to me. Uh, I want to first say that it is my honor. I have a lot of respect for this brother. I've known him for a long time. And we're going to have a back and forth discussion, dialogue <laughs> um, between how friends do. And um, it's going to be a plethora of topics. I'm going to try to hit each one that I have going on in my mind because I would love to hear his feedback on everything that I have, you know, that I have on my mind. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you, the historian, Moriah Shia and uh also also he's an author if you didn't know um he's very known in the israelite community especially here on youtube online and um highly respected historian and i have yet to hear anyone come up against this guy like i have yet and 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 i'm sure no one will you know from this point on so um we're gonna bring him on in and uh Let me, let me get, let me get the flyer up. Boom. All right, here we go. All right, come on in.
1: Shalom, Shalom, can I be heard?
0: You can be heard.
1: Okay, thank you for having me on. (laughs)
0: All right, so before we begin, I just want to um, just say one thing and it's pretty simple. And it is from um, Deuteronomy chapter six. And it's it's like one of my favorite chapters. I'm gonna start at um, verse one. Now these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments, which the most high, your power commanded to teach you and that you might do them in the land, whether you may possess it, that thou mightest fear the most high God thy power to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do that it may be well with thee and that you may increase mightily as the most high power of thy fathers have promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the most high power is one. And thou shalt love the most high that thy power with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. So all I want to say once again is all praises to the most high God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I thank him for all of his blessings that he's bestowed upon me and um, all the lessons that he has taught me through the past year up until now. I'll be forever grateful and um, all praises to him and forever, forever, forever. Amen, amen. Okay, so anything you want to say before we start?
1: Shalom, can I be heard?
0: <laughs> yes, you can be heard.
1: Okay. Giving an honor and praise unto the Most High, the Creator and the Maker of heaven and earth, the One who judges all and is not judged, the One who sees all and is not seen. We're talking about the Most High, who is Olam Ad Olam, from everlasting to everlasting. That is whom we're speaking of, having no parents but having a son by the name of the house of Israel, And one of the things we want to, in this brief verbal introduction, is to talk about the relationship that the Most High the Creator had and had with his people. Take for instance, the flyer that you see there. In between my picture and the sister's arm is a picture of Africa. Now, Africa, as we may have heard from many, um that it was named in honor of Scipio Africanus. Some have stated that. Some people stated that he took the name um, Africanus from people that were in that continent. Nonetheless, whether or not it was named after him or in his honor or he got it and from people in that said continent, one of the things we care to point out is that that land there, that land of Israel, the language that the Israelites spoke, brothers and sisters, is referred to as Hebrew you understand. Now, as we know, the block form is the Aramaic script, and some may refer to as ancient Hebrew slash Paleo Hebrew as the Canaanite script. But nonetheless, brothers and sisters, what we want to point out is that that continent that you see there pictured, brothers and sisters, was very well acquainted with the Israelites. Um, We want to point out that when problems came to the Israelites, be it from Assyria, be it from Babylon, be it from Greece, be it from Rome. The Israelites, in many cases, fled over to the area in that map there, starting in Egypt, going into Libya, going into Algeria, going into Morocco, going into the Sudan in Khartoum, going into Gondar in Ethiopia. And So many people have even stated that Zimbabwe is the land of Ophir, where Solomon had his gold at, for those who are familiar with that kind of archaeological studies. So these things, brothers and sisters, we want to point out in this verbal brief introduction that the continent of Africa, brothers and sisters, is not far-fetched from the understanding of the Israelites. The Israelites were mistaken as what you would call today indigenous Africans in Genesis chapter 50 during the um funeral procession of the patriarch jacob the people of canaan thought that to say oh there was a great cry in the camp of the egyptians when you go in the bible and namely in um the book of exodus chapter 2 you understand it says that moses was mistaken or said to be an egyptian so these things we just want to point out for evidence purposes. The ancient Egyptians were so much into um, artwork, if you will, that there's no way, shit form, of fashion that we cannot say that they were what you would call the Negro type of people. This is why we want to, in respect, take advantage all right, of what is referred to as Black History Month. We want to, I know I do, want to take respectful adventures of this time while our people are listening and that speaking as the House of Israel, a representative of the House of Israel, brothers and sisters, to reach our people concerning our history and what we have to say on that matter.
0: Okay, okay, here we go. So my first question is, Throughout the past year, or probably the year before, I've noticed that black history is changing in terms of the content that is being um shown to us now. We're not just seeing um content about you know Rosa Parks in the back of the bus, you know, and um the the water hoses and and, th- and things like that. We're not seeing that, you know, the watered down content that we usually get. I've noticed that we've gotten movies now, um, the Nat Turner movie, the um, Harriet Tubman movie. And even now with, you know, the, the uh, Judas and the Black Messiah movie that's come out. Um, can you speak to what do you think is happening at this point? Why? Why why is the content changing into this? And we know that this is not something that, you know, U.S. government is not rocking with. You know, they call organizations like the Black Panther Party or anyone who's fighting for Black liberation to be an enemy of the state. So I just want to get some feedback on what you think is happening right now.
1: All right. Thank you for um that question. This is what I understand and believe is happening concerning that. I personally have not yet seen that movie, um, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. However, I have seen the Harry Tubman movie that came out, say, two thousand nineteen. I did see the movie, or two thousand, yeah, two thousand nineteen. I saw it, and I have seen um, earlier that year on YouTube the um, the Nat Turner movie. This is what I understand concerning that. Um, many cases, that's Hollywood-based. Now, this is not to be a a nitpick or anything of that sort, but the Harriet Tubman movie, movie I believe, they focused too much in that movie about her and her sister. Now, I got sisters, so I'm not trying to sit there and say, you don't know, forget family. But what I believe in that particular movie, they spent too much about her and her immediate family. And then at the, say, last uh 10 minutes of the movie try to fit in a bunch of history in about what Harriet Tubman was really about and what she was doing so that's um, something one want to point out in that particular case these are things that's being given and shown to the people it is up to the people at this particular point to want to sit there and take it move on and build upon it we know that movies can carry certain um thoughts ideas philosophy spirits if you will for instance um LL Cool J, when he did the movie In Too Deep, to my knowledge, he had to take some time off to himself afterward. You understand what I mean? To get his mind back into a certain mode so he won't be, quote, in character. And so when we look at those kind of matters and those kind of things, Jack Nicholson, who played the Joker in the 1989 movie, The Batman, um, he spoke about playing certain characters will bring certain energies or spirits upon you. So my point in all of that is this what Hollywood seems to be doing is giving a pacifist spirit or pacifying somebody by saying, okay, well, we'll show something in regards to being black. But as a good friend of mine and conversing about this has stated is like, in many cases, the black people at the end lose. So really, what really is being portrayed? What is being portrayed by showing, not saying showing one movie such as paid in full about black men killing each other and selling drugs, and then another movie about um, American Gangster, when then and then gentrification seems to happen not too long in between 2002, when Pain and Full came out, and 2007, when American Gangster came out. So there may be an agenda as to why these kinds of things are being um, portrayed and presented. However, on the other end, it may instill one or two or more people to want to sit there and learn more about that kind of subject, and then we can sit there and make a movie on our particular ancestors ourselves. So it might be a two-edged sword.
0: Okay, so you use the word um, um Do you think that they're trying to appease us? Not, I believe
1: in I'm sorry, continue.
0: Not not uh not try to acquiesce with us. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just, you know, it's the same old mm. rhetoric year after year after year after year. So we need to kind of turn it up a little bit more. And who do you think made these decisions? Do you think it was black people who made these decisions in um Hollywood? Because I was reading something earlier that said um that they're not going to water down the narrative anymore. These so-called black producers and directors and writers of these movies, they're no longer gonna do that and they're gonna put the real story out there. So is it just to appease us or is it to pacify us? I, I mean- I I'm believe
1: happy. that it can be a thing of just saying, well, we gave something to black people in the film industry, watch this, um, and they who like it will like, it, and they who will not will not, but at the same token can't be said, well, we didn't show nothing of y'all that kind of thing. So I believe that Hollywood, the producers, I'm not talking about say the black producers per se, but the people who fund the movie, cause you gotta, um, to my knowledge, you have, for instance, Oprah Winfrey, um, Bill Cosby, and I believe Michael Jordan were the ones who funded the money to get the movie, Malcolm X out. And so what I mean is the people who fund these kind of things may seem to have an agenda, but it still can work in wisdom, pardon me, it still can work in wisdom and our benefit to sit there and watch these and then glean what we can up out of it and move on from there.
0: Okay. So when I see things like this happening, especially with the new content and things, and especially with me knowing the actual stories. Um, you mentioned in the movies that, you know, they're not actually telling our story. They're focusing more on relationships and actual facts or truth. I don't even want to say facts. I want to say truth. You know, they, they try to cram a little bit in the end, but on the end, it's always somebody dying, some black person dying it is not a so-called accomplishment which black history month is supposed to be about. If you do a simple Google search, this is what they present to us. They want us to, you know, they want to appease us by reminding us of our history and our accomplishments. It's just nothing about teaching about um, uh, liberation. It's not actually teaching about um, nationalism or anything like that, but they, you know, we hear the word pride coming out a lot. So when you when you have pride about yourself, <laughs> that brings in nationalism and all those things that now becomes a negative. Right. So um for instance, history.com has when you put in Black Panther Party, um, it goes it starts off with telling you the good things about them. And then when you get down to the bottom, it says something about, well, they had some run-ins with the police. And then therefore became under investigation Investigation. that's when we got COINTELPRO comes in and all these and things like this. And then they're battling the police. See, now it's a problem, right? Because they started going moving towards a nationalist type of thing with the police brutality. And this is how they um, frame it, right? To this day, we'll say that the Black Panther Party, which is a part of our history, you know, th- those are our ancestors, are considered to be enemies of the state even still the new Black Panther Party says that they have no affiliation with the old black Panther Party right separates himself from it but are still considered to be enemies okay so how how are they making this work I'm just what do you believe they want us to they want to appease us but then they're giving us a warning at the same time. So when you, so when you show you this stuff and then you want to go back and do your history, learn your history and you see these things in black and white, you know, is it a warning? (laughs) That's what I'm getting to. All
1: right. Um, I would have to wonder what will be the warning because we have to remember that these things are simply movies. So it's up to the watcher of the movie to gather what he or she can gather, you know, from that particular matter and so forth and so on. Um, Many cases, we were told that um, to read a book. We were told in many cases to get our pens and our pads and so forth and so on. Um, To give an example, um, when substitute teachers go into schools, in many cases, they put a movie on for the children because they don't have a lesson prepared as a substitute teacher in many cases. So what we have to do not dealing the substitution and no disrespect intended is we may want to go into academia aspects to bring out the information as opposed to the hollywood based as a main source to um say this is what happened and so forth and so on for instance the movie roots and the book roots is drastically different um you understand so just wanted to you know to point that out you understand, for edification purposes.
0: Okay. All right. So when our children um, do or, you know, I teach my children um, uh, true Black history, um, they know that that behavior back then, I'm gonna call it behavior because that, that behavior was condemned back then to be, which was said that it was a mental condition that the black man and a black woman and child wanted to be free, right? So when you fight back, that was a so called condition that you had a mental one, and they were locking black people up behind it. So, um, you know, we have to be careful. Um, When we're watching these movies, because one of our babies will get will become inspired, which is a good thing, right? But you know, that whole Black Messiah, um, Judas movie, it just runs me the wrong way, it just does. And, um, I didn't see it myself, my daughter saw it, and I said, Well, how did it end? And she told me how it ended, and I said, Exactly, just like all the other movies. But, but yes, I get what you're saying, I understand, but of course, we're gonna have to connect that with the book of remembrance (laughs) because that's the only way I know how to deal with this. So, um, the most high says to remember the old days, right? Go back into the old days. If you, you need help, you got something on your mind, go back to your, your foremother and your forefather, you know, Abraham and Sarah go back, you know, look, look to that to get your answers in terms of these movies of concern and they're bringing out, I would say, so-called new material and putting it on the entertainment level. Um, and our children are seeing this. Um, what say you about remembering? What, what is significant about never forgetting, you know, your past, your history? You know your culture, um, your language, and I know you're big on the language. And language is important. You understand um, our philosophies. What What do you say about that in in connection with our Torah and our Book of Remembrance?
1: All right. Um, in regards with that, the celebration of Passover. You understand? For those who know the history of it, was only observed in the biblical time in the wilderness of sinai in the land of israel and one documentation of it happening um in a passover papyrus during the era when persia was ruling in egypt passover itself is not a european holiday nor sacred day or so forth and so on passover it tells you you shall eat unleavened bread bitter herbs as a remembrance of the oppression that happened in the land of Egypt. So we are not the Old Testament, as it's called. We're not supposed to forget the affliction and the oppression that happened with our people. We're not supposed to just shrug it off as if it was nothing. We're not supposed to just treat it as if just forget about it. In the Bible, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse seven and eight, it says, ask your fathers and they will tell you. So the thing is, we as Israelites are told to look, not by necromancy per se, but by the aspect of what will the ancestors say concerning this kind of subject to get into a particular matter. It talks about the old man at the gate in the book of Amos, And so in the Old Testament, so the point is, you would look to the elders of a community in order to sit there and get some kind of direction and what was going on. And how can we connect that particular thing is, in a nutshell, we have to remember that those things that we were talking about were simply movies. So either a person will favor it or not favor it. Um, And speaking about the movie Paid in Full, those who lived in Harlem in the 1980s, in many cases say that movie is straight garbage. So it all depends, you understand, on the person and what he or she is able to sit there and tolerate and so forth and so on. So what might be enjoyable or informative to one person may not be the same unto another person. But what we all should have to understand is that there was a already directive to look into what the ancestors, the living ones, We'll sit there and tell you again we're not talking about doing a seance and conjuring up they who are at rest that's not what we're talking about when we say look to the ancestors we're sitting up there speaking about the aspect of look into what the elders will sit there and state about a particular matter how things should be done and don't forsake that the bible tells us in leviticus that we're supposed to rise up before the hoary head and revere the face of the elders so these things Um, we want to sit there and point out for reasonable purposes. We need our elders. We need to interview our elders. We need to sit there and get the elders record on track so these things will not be forgotten. I wrote a book, Thankful to the Creator. It was released last year. It is called Israelite History as It Relates to the World. And a part of that book, I document the statues of the enslavers that they want to sit there and tear down throughout North Carolina, Virginia, and Texas. No, somebody is going to leave a record of the date that this was taken down, the date that it was put up, and the company that put up the statue of Lee, the Confederate leader, who put up the picture, or pardon me, the statue of the people who were part of the Confederate army that went up against the Black people who wanted to be liberated. So we don't want those names to be forgotten out of memory. I watched earlier, speaking about elders, right? May um, Red Fox rest in peace. He spoke about comedy. And in this video that I saw on YouTube, he was saying that um, the black people from the Jeffersons, from Sanford and Son, and from other shows was never nominated for an Emmy. So they basically, okay, you was entertaining, you pacified the people, you made them clap, laugh, and sing. Okay, you sat there and made them feel happy for the moment. They got that euphoric spirit for the for the time being, but your name is not to be forgotten. And that is what we do not want to do. We don't want the names of our ancestors, our elders, to be forgotten as a page in history. Slavery, one of the things that was done was the separation of the family. The era that was from, say, the 1970s, from 1975 to 1985, many were born out of wedlock. You understand, we do not, brothers and sisters, want to sit there and continue that to where we have to now rely in today's time on Ancestry.com or 23andMe to sit there and find a relative. We want to sit there and join on to our blood and to our relatives. The Bible, in the Old Testament, it says the Most High will do what? Call the Father's hearts to be joined to the Son's and the Son's hearts to be joined to the Father's in the book of Malachi. So the point I want to emphasize on that is that that linkage was cut off in many cases during slavery. So we want to sit there, brothers and sisters, and have that linkage put back in its place in whatever role one may have, be it writing a book, be it going online, be it with the bullhorn, be it with um whatever way one can sit there and pass this thing on about our legacy, the names of our ancestors. We do not want to forget that. The... Ancient Egyptians were known for erasing things that didn't look good in their favor. The Torah is one of the only books that actually confirms that the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. So just as much as they had um, Texas textbook in school trying to say, well, workers came over to the United States from Africa and so forth and so on, and not enslaved kidnapped people, brothers and sisters, they wanted to change the wording and you'll notice they always emphasize the aspect of saying indentured servants. If they were so happy as being what considered to be an indentured servant, they would have never rose up in 1741 in New York. They would have never rose up in 1712 in New York. And so my point in all of that, brothers and sisters, is that not to be redundant how does this tie in what we were just talking about to the scriptures the book of remembrance let us not forget brothers and sisters what was done with our ancestors we want to sit there and bring that up to the forefront and not have the spirit of well that's just in the past
0: i totally agree with you about the tearing down of statues and monuments and and all of that, um, which is highly um, desired by us, our community, to, to just tear it all down. Um, my my beef with that is that uh, it erases their history and what they've done to people, and I'm totally against that. So I'm glad that we agree on uh, on that together. Um, also. Um, Also, you brought up (laughs) going back in the past and to the ancestors. And I know I've heard people refer to the ancestors, the ancestors, we go back to the ancestors for this and that, whatever, but you brought out that, what did they do, you know, in certain situations? And I think that's what we need to be focused on, right? So, um, So, yeah, that I think that's a I think that's one of the things that we don't realize when we start speaking about ancestors and going back actually taking the wisdom and applying it to today, right? Um, I I don't know if we believe that we're in a whole different place today, I don't know if we believe that we're out of the darkness or, or or where that comes from. But I, I, see in a, I see an awakening happening. you know um, the, the Most High will show you through uh, your enemies, you know, through your oppressors um, you know, in order to bring bring about some life you know, in, in his people. And I, I can't appreciate as well them you know bringing out these movies or whoever's doing it to try to um, spark something in us. I'm just, I, I'm, I, I don't. I'm just, just very. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say it bothers me. It bothers me. It bothers me. It bothers me. Um, so I'm gonna do a little bit more research to figure out what is actually going on, why the sudden turn of events. But um, I, I do have a higher power. Um, I know that the, the Most High does not disappoint. So, I know that there's something there. You know, so I'm not going to dismiss it, but moving on, <laughs> moving on. So since we're in the book of remembrance, we're in the Torah. I just want to ask one simple question. And, um, I know, you know, about this cause I mentioned it before Ezekiel chapter 44. Did that prophecy come to pass or not? No. Okay. All right. I also want to, um, are you comfortable talking about the covenants any covenant in the old testament oh, okay oh, okay all right so the what is the difference between the sons of Aaron and the sons of Zadok
1: okay we're looking in the bible um namely and said here as the old testament there was jacob who had his son Levi, and of Levi you eventually get the house of aaron from the house of aaron you get the seed line of um eleazar and itamar who are the two um surviving sons of aaron um and out of the line of eleazar you get the line of zadok and so from the seed of zadok and this zadok we're talking about is mentioned um, as anointing Solomon in the book of um, kings in the Bible, being anointed okay. by Zadok the priest. Okay. So that's the Zadok there. He's of the house of Aaron, but he's a particular branch of the house of Aaron. So what will happen in the future when you read in Ezekiel 43, when you read in Ezekiel 48, um, in that particular case, when the priesthood of Israel will be established. You understand the sea line of Zadok will be the ones that will be those priests and that high priest line will come out of that particular seed of Zadok. So what does that tell us biblically? That even though there's a lot of mixing going on within people, there's a particular line that the most high is not allowing to be touched of the house of Israel. And that is definitely the sea line of Zadok because Mm -hmm. you cannot be a priest in the house of Israel if your wife or your Um, Of Both parents are not of the house of Israel itself when you read the laws of Leviticus chapter 21. So these things we just want to definitely point out for edification purposes. So the priests or the Kohani, um, brothers and sisters, they were used as human intercessors between them and their maker. But that was not the only way to reach your maker in the Israelite culture. That was just a means. Not the means, but a means in order for the people to be able to get to speak to their power. You understand? Or to reach their power and so forth and so on. But the most high fills heaven and earth. So these are just things we want to um point out for reference purposes.
0: What scripture are we looking at in Leviticus 21? The one you referred to?
1: Regarding what in particular?
0: Um the mixing.
1: Um, no, when you go to Leviticus 21, um, it's in that chapter, you may have to start maybe in like the 10th to the 14th verse or so. All
0: right. So showing it. All right. So there's a line that goes untouched in that Zadok's line because of all of the mixing that's going on.
1: Right. That line will not be touched. Um, in other words, mixed with a person that's not of the house of Israel.
0: Right. Okay. There you go. All right. So um, Levites, high priests, the priests um, are not um, supposed to marry outside. Like that's just, that's an indicator there um, for that. That is a rule for everyone actually. Um, But our laws come from, or is supposed to be administered to us by the pure, right? is that is that Hold how on. I should say it? Yes. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. So, I just wanted to kind of put that up there. Um I also wanted to talk about the the role of um our our messiahs in the past. Um, our roles of, of the messiahs um, I, and, and someone, you know, I had a conversation with someone and it, and once again, it's like, well, they were not anointed with oil. I'm like, how, I, I mean, they're called messiahs. And just because it says, it doesn't state that who, who they were anointed by doesn't mean they weren't messiahs. It was through their actions that shows that they were messiahs. Correct. Can we go by that as well?
1: Um, In many cases, yes, but not all the way through. See, what we have to understand is this, and I say this in respect. All right. Um, The most high is the creator and the former, that is to say the one who forms all things. The terminology Messiah is an English transliteration of the Hebrew word mashiach was come from the word mashach the word mashach brothers and sisters means to anoint so when we start talking about the aspect of anointing we have it to where Aaron was anointed his sons were anointed Yehu, king of Israel was anointed Elisha the prophet was anointed Isaiah himself stated that he was anointed what no disrespect intended seems to have happened in Israel, and I'm speaking about the Israelite community, where no disrespect intended, where Christianity has spilled into Israel, it then becomes a thing of where Israelites, in some cases, do Messiah worship, where now it's like, that is the Messiah, and you're thinking that the Messiah, not realizing the lingual matter of it, simply meaning anointed, and I say this in no disrespect. It doesn't even mean righteous. All it means is anointed. It's not really that much deeper than that. But brothers and sisters, when the Most High began to not speak through the prophets, the people had to sit there and find something in order to try to say they're going to try to get as close as possible, not realizing that we, the children of Israel, are the children of the Most High already. So he's our father. So we already have a connection. And so this is just something we want to point out in that particular case.
0: All right, so all right, so now we got that out of the way. Um, the the role of a Messiah is to save Israel out of the hand of his enemies and make that thing complete. you know where to where they're at peace. So that is a, um, that is the role of the so-called messiah. Um, and what is and how do you say that word in Hebrew? The the the
1: title? The word, the word messiah is an English transliteration, and it comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach, which means anointed.
0: Okay, there we go. All right, got it. All right, so I'm going to should I go backwards or go forward? I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back. Okay, the reason for the Levites being scattered amongst the house of Israel. What is the reason for that?
1: The Levites served as doctors, the Levites served as priests, the Levites served as judges, the Levites served as judges and officers. So you would have needed that in, in your gates, you would have needed that in order, once it came down to say a dispute or something of inquiry came up, you will go in many cases to the Levite for judgment in that particular matter.
0: All right. When it comes to they the want law, a
1: judiciary, they were the judiciary party of the house of Israel.
0: Right. Okay. Th- that was my next thing. Um I know that um there's teachings about, you know, different teachings about um about Levi. I'm not gonna even get into that. But the reasoning for being scattered amongst the children of Israel is to keep the law alive. This, this is something that I've noticed patterning. Um when even when they came out of um uh, slavery, so-called slavery, right? And oppression, it came out. It was, the book was recited by the Levites to teach the people their culture, their ways of life. Whoever rejected it, rejected it. Whoever re- accepted it, accepted it. Whoever didn't fit was sent away. Now, when we're talking about, you know, the book of Ezra, when uh, the Israelites came out of slavery, we know we know how that goes. He was calling for Israelites. Anybody who was not an Israelite was sent away, even the children. Can you explain why that was and how that is righteous?
1: As far as it goes with sending the people away, that yeah. was not of the house of Israel because it's a nation, national cleansing time. It's about keeping the line pure and loving your neighbor as yourself. So where you will want to only be with your own particular people. That's why that is. So that which is not of yours. Every time in Israel you read about the mixed multitude that came out, is that same mixed multitude that came out in Exodus that caused problems later on in the book of numbers.
0: That's right. Because
1: It's Israel, according to when you read in the Bible in Numbers chapter 23, it distinctly says that Balaam said, I behold him, Israel, a people not reckoned among the nations. Mm -hmm. So the portion of Israel wasn't meant to be a communion among everybody else. It simply was just the way, you understand brothers and sisters, to sit there and that Israel was a particular people of the nations of the earth. So to sit there and have um, everyone else mixing in with their particular people is something that should have not had happened. And what many, and I say this in no disrespect, what some brothers and sisters may not understand is the portion in Isaiah 56, that is talking about the nations coming and serving the most high. It does not say about you mating with them and having children with them. That does not condone that in the book of Isaiah because it says, they who are found joined to the enemy shall be thrust through. So therefore, it is between the peoples and the most high, not um, Israel wanting to sit there and meet with somebody like sadly, some Israelites do teach. Well, if they want to keep the laws, then you can meet with them. There's no law that says that. (laughs) There's no law that says that. That is just Um, a matter of no disrespect intended, not loving your own, not wanting to be with your own. So you want to sit there and compromise your seat line or your um, DNA, if you're the female, with another particular people. And that's what that is. That has nothing to do with them wanting to be with a law keeper because the laws that were made for a particular people were for a particular people.
0: Right. Okay. So we're going back to nationalism, which is a natural thing, number one. Um, Number two, it is a righteous thing. Number three, it keeps your culture, your language, your everything about you alive for years and years and years to come. Right, keep what it it, it dep- It's dependent upon your survival. I know a lot of people don't like that word survival, but um, I'm going to use survival because at this point, Black people are we're basically surviving all around the world, um to to hold on to our existence. People like the word existence better than survival, but it, it that's basically what we're doing. Other people exist; we're surviving to exist. So, uh, it's very important. Um, that, that comes out now. Now, listen, there's a lot of people who love the Bible, and they're saying that most people on the on the earth love the Bible, they read the Bible, they're in churches, they're they're everywhere, wherever they can go. The Bible is in their house, it's everywhere. This you can find it anywhere, right now. When we start talking about nationalism and we start talking about black people. Then it becomes a negative thing. What is the deal with that? Is it just in this country, or because I don't really see this going around the world, actually. Nationalism is a a very popular thing around the world. It's only in this country where it isn't, it's demonized. They most, and and this is uh, what I don't know what God is being served on the back of the dollar with, says, and God we trust, but this Bible is there and this is the, the hand they put on it when they swear oaths and things of this nature. The book says one thing, but then these people are saying something different. How is that possible? And what advice would you give to, to people who actually know what's right, understand what nationalism is, it's for our existence? What would you say in that, in that regard, in regard to this country, is concern?
1: All right, I'm going to have to ask you if you can rephrase the question, please.
0: Okay, I'm going to rephrase the question. So this Bible we have, we have we have the Old Testament in here. I know that um you know, I have a Tanakh, right? That's what that's what I read. That's what I love, right? But then we also have this Bible here. It has the Old Testament it, and we have the New Testament in here. In there, in the New Testament, um Jesus says that he didn't come for anybody but the house of Israel, right? So that's like a nationalist stance there, right? This is what's said in the New Testament. The Old Testament kind of backs that up. You know, it, you know, you serve um, the Most High. That That is our lawgiver. That's our king. That's our savior. And we follow him, him alone. And that is it. You know, these are my people. And, and this is the way it's going to be done. Israel, right? In this country, nationalism is denounced. It's, it's. It's just not something that they want to deal with in here okay but they will put make oaths they'll put their hand on this book they will teach it you know they're, they're teaching it in the church without teaching it but it's in this book somebody picks up this book this is what they're going to see right. right they understand why why what, what? <laughs> how you know what I'm saying how So who's right and who's wrong?
1: All right nationalism is in the scriptures. Um, You have it to where Moses killed for his brother. That's a nationalistic move. Um, You have it to where brothers and sisters in in Exodus chapter 17 and in Deuteronomy chapter 25, it says concerning Emma like you shall not forget. You understand? And then it gets into another aspect where Saul is commissioned to go against the people of the Amalekites for what was done to their ancestors. So now we begin to see a pattern, if we will, in the Old Testament that it's not a turn the other cheek and forget. Question. Um, they throw the word racist around as if to say, oh my gosh, you're, you're a racist. So, But what other people don't care is you cannot, if I may go on this channel, you can't tell Jewish people that they're racist. You can't tell Italians or Irish that they're racist. You can't tell East Indians that they're racist when they hire mainly their own. But yet once it comes down to our people, said Black people, We are expected to love everybody else but us because we are afraid to be called racist. These other nations could care less if you call them a racist. They are still going to sit there and pull together among their own people and try to get things established. We are behind as people said black people in part because we refuse to be used in respect one with another. Ain't no bleep bleep going to use me. So now, our talents and our blessings and our goals and our aspirations, we're not able to sit there and encourage it because, well, ain't nobody going to use me. But yet, in many, many cases, we have it, brothers and sisters, um, good and well, where people simply hoped that they can be used, if we will, by the manager of a company. And it was like, oh, how come he did choose me? Boss, I see a boss. Well, why why you don't choose me to do it, boss? I can do it, but yet when it comes down to a brother or sister, I'm not letting that N-word sit there and use me for this, that, or the other. And so these are reasons why um, the laws of the Torah, and is way shape, or form against the laws of the Torah, but laws of logic or laws of what they may say as the universe, you can't build brothers and sisters without building with your own because y'all gonna be able to sit there and click with each other the most. But because in this country, um, beating down and playing games on the black man has been brothers and sisters of four, 500 year game played. We then begin to sit back and see how we think that doing something for our own is deemed as racist or something of that sort or the idea of, Wanting to talk about the past is is something that, oh, no, let's not do that. That's in the past. Who gave you that law to sit there and say that that's in the past? Don't, Don't worry about it. Yet we sit there and go with our identification and our social security numbers to banks for loans, brothers and sisters. And what they do is they look at your credit history in order to sit there and make their determination on you. They already have their mark set. If you don't match a certain mark that the bank says that you are eligible for a loan, you won't get it. So, they are, so what are we going to sit there and say that the banks are racist, as some already have stated? They can care less if you call them that. You understand? But yet when it comes to us, we want to sit there and have been pacified so much, we want to keep the pacifier in our mouth, brothers and sisters, to where we don't even sit back and see how we have been duped and disrespected and insulted in this country to answer your question.
0: There you go. Okay. And for, you know, some people will say, well, um, when you bring the Bible into things, that's just a religious thing. But I mean, if you, re- if you remove the Bible, I mean, it's, it's damn near common sense um, that you work with your own to get ahead because you know each other best. You know, um, you made a good point about the other nations and how they, and how they work, you know, and, and we can learn something from them. Right. So we have to look at who we're listening to. Um, it, it's it's odd because you know we hold the majority of us hold this book near and dear to our hearts, but we're not. It's not penetrating, you know. It's not for some reason. It's I don't know. Maybe they think it's history, and I'm glad you made that point. You know, oh that was in the past, forget it or whatever. That's the mindset that I'm seeing you know, as I'm getting older, I'm seeing this, like that was in the past. Oh, well, it's nothing that we can do. This is just the way it is. It doesn't matter, whatever. So it's going to continue to be more of the same. So yes, you make a good point. Thank you for that answer. All right. So we're going to move forward because I don't know, we got nine minutes, but I just wanted to touch this real quick before we talk about your books and end it off. Um, What should Israel... Or anyone know about the Hyksos, and I, I'm okay. I, and I'm and I'm and that's a general question because you know of of course I know you've heard it all I've heard it all but we want to know what should everyone know about the Hyksos and how that relates to Israelites.
1: All right. Well, first off, um, the people who were called the Hyksos didn't call themselves the Hyksos, so that is a generic term that was given from one people to another means shepherd kings from the Greek aspect. But what they are talking about is the Egyptian term haikushoswet, which means rulers of foreign lands. So whereas the hyksos would mean shepherd kings, brothers and sisters, the etymology of the word hyksos in Greek coming from the Egyptian word hykushoswet means rulers of foreign lands. So even though the wording is talking about the same people, the definition and or translation of those words are two different things. Now there's something to be pointed out concerning that the people, okay, for the aspect of presentation, the people referred to as the Hyksos, they became into Egypt in the era of Dynasty 11, during the era of Mantu Hotep II and so forth. And so, by the time, brothers and sisters, Dynasty 11 of Egypt begins to go out, the people known as the Hyksos later on in Egyptian history, during Dynasty 12, they were known as the Haiku sweat, as pointed out, or the Retinu, or the Amu, or the Setu, or so forth and so on. These people were the Asiatics people that were living inside of Egypt's delta. So now they began to get into their brothers and sisters during the Middle Kingdom of Egypt or the later intermediate third intermediate period, pardon me, second intermediate period of Egypt, not third, but the second intermediate period of Egypt, brothers and sisters, when they began to sit there and get into that particular aspect. If we will, all right, so we just in Dynasty 11, all right, so now you have it to where, um, they being in there, right? If we will, um, then you have brothers and sisters, Dynasty 12, then you have Dynasty 13, 14, 15, and 16. So now from Dynasty 14 to Dynasty 17, they was all concurrent ruling at the same time. That right there will lead you into your um, your other intermediate period, all right? So these are things we just want to point out if we will for edification purposes. Let me make this quick correction. The Hyksos began to get into Egypt in the first intermediate period. The era in which they began to rule was the second intermediate period. Let me please get that on record Um, for clarification purposes. My fault for saying that Dynasty Eleven was the first intermediate, uh, pardon me, was the second intermediate period. Sorry about that, the slip with that matter. But getting back to historical aspects, if we will, the people who were the Amu, A-M-M-U, in ancient Egypt were the Asiatics. Now, they were in part Kassite, they were in part Edomite, they were in part... Canaanite, even though Canaanites were Hamites, they were still not part of the um, people that was in continental Africa, but were still considered Asiatics. They were also the people of Mitanni, the people of Assyria. So you had different nations that made up what later on became known as the Hyksos. When you get to Dynasty 16 of Egypt, you begin to read about Yaakov Herb, you begin to read about um, Amu that were rulers in dynasty 16 and the 15th and 16th dynasties is when the Asiatics was ruling in Egypt brothers and sisters there is in dynasty 12 what they refer to of Egypt what they refer to as the prophecy of Nefertiti the prophecy of Nefertiti is saying that that is when the uh, a king of Egypt will come and get rid of the Asiatics so that goes to show you that if that's already stated as a prophecy in Egypt in Dynasty 12, you have it to wear that they was already in there before then. This takes us back to the first intermediate period of Dynasty 11. But they don't come into power, brothers and sisters, until the era when we get into the second intermediate period with Dynasty 14 and Dynasty 17. Dynasty 15 and 16 was concurrent with 14 to 17. 14 and 17 being in Southern Egypt in Thebes or Waset, which the Bible refers to as the land of no and oh. You understand when you read of in the book of Nahum in the Bible. And the 15th and 16th dynasties were in northern Egypt or lower Egypt ruling at the same time. So you had different kings that were ruling in the same country, brothers and sisters, at the same era of time. So and pointing that out now, to answer your question, how that relates to Israel, is that the is Hyksos, were the Amalekites that attacked the Israelites, brothers and sisters. The Ten Hyksos, which was people who were ruling in Dynasty 15, were some of those same Amalekites that attacked the Israelites. You can read about that in Exodus 17, about them and the Israelites. You can read about brothers and sisters, the Edomites, who are the progenitors and part of the Amalekites Brothers and sisters, you can read about that in Papyrus Anastasi 6 of ancient Egypt. So brothers and sisters, this is not something that we're just making up or coming off the top of our head. So the Israelites were related to the Hyksos in that some of them were Shemite people and they were related to the Hyksos in that they would have by default been some Israelites of the Hyksos themselves. Hello? Hello?
0: I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was still muted. Um, okay. okay, so, all right, I got all of that. So I just wanna ask, okay, so I'm in the book. I'm in your book. The, the Torah come from the culture of Tamari, right? Cause I have that book, I have, I have other ones too, but this particular one. And you mentioned something in here, um, around page 136, and it's talking about the Scorpion dynasty does that have anything to do with that?
1: The Scorpion dynasty is said to be before dynasty um, one, but that wouldn't be per se what you would call the Hyksos, even though they are saying that it might've been Asiatics who were ruling in Egypt in the Scorpion dynasty before the era of Namur, who is said to have started dynasty one of Egypt.
0: Okay. All right. So, um, it's making a point here that there were what we would call so-called Africans to, uh, that's what we call them today, um, were living in that Palestine area, up in the Assyrian area, um, Babylon in Babylon areas, right? So they, the presence of Africa is in where it was always in that in those places, right? Yes. As far as we know. Okay. All right, got it. All right, and um, obviously, um, several archaeologists have um, documented these things. So um, we also we have to take what I'm trying to say is that we need to take that into account before we start talking about um, uh, these, you know, these so-called Asiatics and what people think they what they think they really are. You went into saying that you know the Hyksos didn't call themselves that, right? So people had their own names for themselves. Right, Uh, and depending on who was writing, this is what they called them. So I mean, we have to do some research, go deeper um, into this. But yeah, this book um, is a good one, actually, and um, and and I think this is my favorite one out of the ones thus far. I'm thinking I don't have the last three, but I have. I think I have everything else. But this one is pretty good. It's called Egypt Talking Writing, and Did the Torah come from the culture of Tamari? And it goes into depth about, even in Meta and all of the different dialects of that, which I found interesting, you know? So when people say they know Meta and they understand what it means in all of these things, uh, depending on uh, the area you were in, time period, it changes, right? Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I I hear you, I'm listening, sorry about that.
0: Okay, okay. So, all right. So, I'm going to um, pull up these books um, real quick. And I um, mean, you can tell me or tell everyone who's listening what these books are about. So, we'll do that quickly. I think it's six. And I know you have like Hebrew uh, language books as well. Um, let me share this. All right, let me take this off. All right, so this is Amazon, and this is the... I have, I only show five books. I know there's more okay. than this, but we're going to talk about these ones. All right, so you can start from this one, From Assyria to America, Part 2.
1: All right, From Assyria to America, Part 2. What that book, brothers and sisters, addresses is Who Were the Edomites? Who were the Israelites? What happened to the Israelites? What happened to the Israelites during the time when they was in Egypt? What happened to the Israelites when they went to Western Africa and so forth and so on? So that is on in that particular case, all right, from Syria to America, part two. Um, The book next to it, um, Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68, um, History Untold to the Masses, what that book talks about in that particular case is the a matter of, for instance, Deuteronomy 28.68 said by many, in many cases, oh well um, that's talking about Titus and what happened with the people of Judah. Actually it does not. The, um, Titus is never recorded as taking Israelites from the land of Israel by ship to the land of Egypt. All right, so that's something we want to point out. That's not um cited, and I cite the book of Josephus in that. In that book there, Deuteronomy 28, History Untold to the Masses, I addressed the matter of Munter, M-U-N-T-E-R, and what he actually stated about the people that was in Hebron and the people that was in Gaza and what happened to the people that was in the land of Israel in those cities at that particular time, which that also does not state that Titus took people from the land of Israel over to the land of Egypt. What the book of Josephus states in Wars of the Jews, um, book five, as well as in book seven, it says that Titus took the people that was already in Egypt, in Alexandria, Italy, for the triumph. That's what he did in that. So the, that book right there gets into that as far as the Deuteronomy 28, verse 68 matter. It gets into the lingual matter of how the word Mizraim, the Ayim, is a dual plural of whatever it is attached to. So Ma'zer, brothers and sisters, means distress or trouble. You see that in other parts of the Bible, describing it as stress, trouble, and so forth and so on. So then you have it to where that book goes into chapter four. And so it's starting in verse 15, curse shall thou be in the city, curse shall thou be in the field, going all the way down to verse 68, where it expounds upon that particular matter, all right? Why do we say we Israel? How do we explain Deuteronomy 28 verse 52? And I want to state this. It takes a person who, not to be funny, has a kind of respect for the Most high to understand this kind of matter. Because if you are, say, a, um, a pork eater, if you are a person who loves to deal with idolatry, if you love dealing with other men's wives, this kind of wisdom is not going to sit there and come to you in this particular matter. You understand to be able to understand this kind of thing. Why do I point that out? Because there are those who do not care about the laws of the most high, but want to understand the prophecies from the most high. And you cannot just jump skip over righteousness and try to gain understanding. I state again, you cannot jump skip over righteousness and then try to gain understanding. So brothers and sisters, taking that as a fact, it says, what have the wicked to declare my statutes when you go into the book of Psalms chapter 50? So when we are Israelite, we as Israelites are asked in Deuteronomy 28, 52, when it says um, all um, the gates that are in your land, they try to say, well, we're trying to say Deuteronomy 28 is about America. So Deuteronomy 28, 52 says your land. You forgot Deuteronomy 28, verse 48, as in, well, verse 49 says that all these curses shall pursue and overtake you, continuing on from verse 45. So when you go to verse 64, it distinctly says that the Mosai will scatter Israel for women of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. And so that the curses will pursue us as we go on. So, And then the book also talks about Deuteronomy 30, which gets you, brothers and sisters, into the antidote to the problems that we have as a people. So um, I'm seeing you're flying now, so I'm not able to see the other book. That's it. Okay, thank you for that. Um, the book that you cited earlier, the one in the middle there, Egypt Talking Riding, that yeah. is the book that I released back in 2016, Thanks to Creator, and then I released this um version of it in 2019. All right, what you're looking at there, and what that book gets into is The Exodus. That book gets into um, What Waters Was Parted. That book, Brothers and Sisters, gets into the writings of Israelites inside of the Egyptian records. And that book also addresses the fact not only the historical aspect of the exodus and the enslavement prior to the exodus of the Israelites in Egypt. Brothers and sisters, it gets into the fact of saying that if you're saying that Moses was a creation of Israelite priests later on, then you can't say that he was a priest of of Aten, like some people try to state. See, when, as we pointed out, you cannot gain understanding without having any kind of righteousness. So, if you already could care less about the Torah and the history of such, certain things is not going to make sense to you. The same people saying that Moses was a priest in ancient Egypt are the same ones saying that Moses was invented by the Israelite priest during the time of Ezra. Ezra. Sorry. So, this right here just goes to show that some people are not thinking while trying to cast stones or hit on someone. But brothers and sisters, we already know good and well that the Roman historian to cite a European, if because you know, sometimes you gotta cite the white man in order for Negroes to understand. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. And for it's sure. true. I can see white historians that <laughs> state right. that the ways of the Israelites are different than the ways of the Egyptians. So when you have Sigmund Freud and when you got other people trying to say that the Israelites copied from the Egyptians, no ancient historian from either Greece, Rome, Assyria, or, or even Arabian ones accredited that. As a matter of fact, the Israelites way, according to the um historian Tesidus, it says that the ways of Israel is drastically different than the ways of the other peoples. The oh, Torah right. says that the laws of Israel is different than the laws of the other nations. So you can't sit there and try to make that comparison. And that's what that book gets into, and so forth and so on. All right. The book Israelite History as it relates to the world was a book that was written. Um, last year and was released last year, 2020, thanking the creator. That book gets into the timeline of ancient Assyria going all the way down to the presidents of the United States and how the Israelites fit into those particular time frames and in those particular timelines. In that book, too, is where I put the list of some of the monuments that they want to sit there and snatch down to hide their record of slavery. Brothers and sisters, I attempted to show for evidence purposes about the archeology span that speaks of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. So that book gets into that. The book you see last year um, is there on that list there on Amazon is um, From Assyria to America, the 12 tribes are in derision. All right, the sister stated that Egypt talk book is the best and I thank you for the compliment. However, I think that the last book that you see there um, The 12 tribes are in derision. I think that is the best book they the have created that I ever wrote. That book gets into the slave trade from Ghana to the United States, from Madagascar to New York City. It gets into the aspect of the Portuguese and the Dutch fighting over the slave trade controlled in Brazil and how the black people in Brazil form communities called Colombos. It gets into the maroon towns. That book gets into the aspect of how um, Joptomania, which was a, a a term that was coined, saying that they who went into escape from slavery must have had a mental condition. So that book right there gets into a lot of those particular aspects. So I just wanted to point that out for reason and purposes, and I thank you for the time to explain such books. Now, I want to say state this, of me, that each of those books you see there online are $15. With this um, COVID matter and things and prices have changed, I dropped the price from it being $20 to $15. All right. For those who are interested, you can get any one of those books on Amazon for $15. And if you do and you get it, I do appreciate if you can leave a comment as a customer who bought it to let me know what you think of it, be good, bad, or indifferent. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I have to get that book. I think the last three I have to get. So yeah, I'm going to get those. So um, I thank you for your time. And um, I thank you for dropping knowledge. I thank you for... um, for all of the information that you've given and all of your opinions and just everything. Um, Maybe we can do this again because obviously I have a ton more questions (laughs) knowing me. Um, But uh, yeah, and this is like, uh, I think that my questions have have to do more with like the prophecy actually getting into the, what the so-called Old Testament, you know, the the meat, the meat, the things that we love, you know um, as well as history, obviously. But um, once again, thank you for your time. And hopefully you can come back on and um, converse with me some more. What do you think okay. about that?
1: I definitely don't have a problem with that. Um, giving honor and praising to the Most High, the creator and maker of heaven and earth. I appreciate um, the opportunity to be on the channel to speak upon these kind of matters and to address the matters that the books have. Um, these things are done, as far as the books are concerned, um, through kdp which is a part of amazon so one of the things on my facebook i try to get people to do is write books we talk as israelites let me just address the house of israel our people they claim to the house of israel we talk about john Olderby, who wrote his book in 1679 we talk about brothers and sisters Rudolf Winsor, who wrote his book, From Babylon to Timbuktu, originally written in 1968. We talk about brothers and sisters, Kohei Mikael, my personal Hebrew teacher, and the book that he wrote, Israelites and Jews, The Significant Difference, back in 1997. We talk about brothers and sisters, Moses Farrar, Who wrote the book and rewriting it, brothers and sisters, Hebrew Heritage of Black Africa, which was republished back after the year 2000. We want to continue this legacy of bringing out this kind of information. It was a crime for our people to read in just 200 years ago. There are Black people online talking about they are over a 100 years old. That means that that person's great grandparents, by default in the United States, it was illegal for them to know how to read. The Book of Roots, written by Alex Haley, makes a point by Kunta talking to his daughter and saying, well, the less we know, the less trouble we make. In the movie Roots, it distinctly has a scene in there when it says, well, if they can, um, if they have the capability of learning, then what? how can it be a crime to teach them how to read? Well, a slave is ignorant. He eats, he sleeps. He Enjoys himself and he's happy. Now, if we give him the ability to read, then he'll begin to think and then he'll become miserable. Now we get to the Old Testament or Book of Remembrance because Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and 18 it distinctly says, He who increases wisdom and knowledge also increases sorrow and vexation. The book called christian um, Christianity, Islam, and the Negro Race, which was written, may he rest in peace, by Edward Blyden back in 1888. Brothers and sisters, That particular book points out that a person was saying, if the slave is allowed to read the Bible, then he will become a demon and not a Christian. So we want to, brothers and sisters, take respectful adventures of Black History Month and reach out to our people when our people are interested in learning something regarding history. We want to do this as the House of Israel. We want to sit there and point out that the name of Yisrael, the name of Israel, has been tarnished in the streets, brothers and sisters. Not all Israelites stand and curse people out, brothers and sisters. Not all Israelites say that if you lay with a woman, then she automatically becomes a wife and she has to sit there and work while the man... That's not what our teachers have taught us. We have sadly fulfilled that prophecy of Ezekiel 33 in many cases as Israelites. when it says that behold, oh this, no Ezekiel 36 part of me, when it says that Israel, when they went to the land of their enemies, they despised and profaned the name of the Most high by our actions. So we want to as the house of Israel, clean up our slate. We want to as the house of Israel, reach out to our brothers and sisters concerning this kind of matter. Recently, they who wanna teach against the house of Israel decided to go up against the European scholars. I don't know what made them wanna do that because some of these European scholars confirmed what we Israelites been teaching for a long time already. That from the era of Assyria rule, Israelites been migrating to African places. The book Stand the Storm a story of the Atlantic slave trade written by um, a gentleman named Edward. I forgot the last name, but the name of the book is called Stand the Storm about the Atlantic slave trade. In that book, he's pointed out that African peoples did not in general sell their own people, but sold foreigners. So Africa was never quote unquote even monolithic, as if it's all one place with just a bunch of people of color. No, there were certain nations, tribes, and so forth and so on. So we don't want to give a Afro. Now I don't mean to have to say this. We don't want to give a Afrocentric version of Africa, as if it's all one monolithic. Everyone was getting along. No, such was not the case. Do you right. understand? So these are things that we want to point out, brothers and sisters, for edification purposes. Take advantage and respect of reaching out to our people. Not in a debate format on YouTube and then that video is spliced and diced and then so forth and so on. And then people get a euphoric high for the moment and so forth and so on. But then no disrespect intended like church after that high, after that debate, the people walked away and ain't learned nothing. Just like in church, you got that high felt good or whatever, it aroused either the debate spirit or the praise spirit, but the spirit of gaining knowledge like the Old Testament says, the priest's lips shall speak knowledge. And so when we're getting brothers and sisters into that particular case, that's what we wanna point out for reason and purposes. Those books are available online. They are $15 each for those who are interested. I do appreciate the people who have bought them and the people who have supported, and I appreciate um, the sister having me on this line for edification purposes to bring this information out. Thank you for the time, and shalom then.
0: All right, so all praises to the most high power of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and with that, I say shalom as well.